Merry Christmas, honeybee. Merry Christmas, precious. It's uh, Christmas Eve when this episode comes out. So uh, everybody get to bed early so Santa can come. (laughs) Is that that how your family does it? You guys go to bed early on Christmas Eve and then open Christmas Day? Yeah. Nice. Is that not how you do it? (laughs) Well, what we used to do when we were really little is our parents would let us open the present from our grandparents on Christmas Eve because it was always clothes and it might be something nice that we could wear to church that night because we would go to the Christmas Eve Mass. We would go to like the vigil, the midnight Mass. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes there's a kid's early early vigil, not early midnight because it's it's either midnight or or it's not. They would call it the kid's midnight Mass, but it's... We would go to the early vigil mass or we would go to the midnight mass, just depending on how many really young kids there were in the house. Yeah. So, yeah, we would we would open those presents early because they weren't really fun presents, but we might be able to wear them to church. And then we would get up way early, as early as was conceivably allowed the next day. Mm -hmm. And we would get to get our stockings and check out our stockings while our parents kind of woke up and made coffee and girded themselves nice. for the rest of the morning. So how did you guys do it? We would uh, wait for midnight mass. We'd go to the midnight mass and then we would open presents after. Oh, So yeah, yeah we, we just stayed on Christmas Eve. We would like have to stay awake. You know, that was like the fun, cool part about it is... <sighs> We got to, all the kids got to run around and stay awake really late and uh, we'd go to midnight mass and then we'd come home and we'd have our Christmas and then uh, we'd like all go to bed and the next morning we'd all have all of our shit all like around <laughs> us and to play with. And No, because Santa's got to come. We have to go to sleep so that Santa can't come if you're awake. So Santa's got to come and fill up your stocking. Well, Santa was usually my drunk ass uncle. So (laughs) with like cotton hanging from his Uh face and with his girlfriend of the week sitting on his lap. So we no, we didn't see Santa Claus. We had to be asleep. And then uh, there would be wrapped presents that, you know, our parents gave us and we gave each other or whatever. But then Santa would not only fill our stockings, but usually bring a couple of other things that were for people or for the family as a whole or whatever. I just remember my Theo Lloyd being like shithoused as a Santa. And I'm like, wait a second. He's Santa? Like, what the hell? Wasn't was fooling anybody? <laughs> hell no. He was trashed and his beard was cotton balls. <laughs> Honeybee, we have a little bit of kaiju news. Yay! Kaiju news! What is the kaiju news for the day? It's about Troll. Have you seen Troll yet? No, I haven't, but I am really excited to. It's on my list, and I have heard great things about it. Well, apparently it is the number one non-English movie on Netflix 
ever. Oh, wow, ever? That is based on the number of hours played in its first 28 days of release. Wow, that is some news. Yeah, so good for them. I saw it, I liked it, I have watched it. We will talk about it more once we have both seen it. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I recommend it, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're trying to avoid talking about today's movie. <laughs> this is what? our second. Oh, really? Okay. That's how it's going to be. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> we. This is our second annual Christmas special. And for this year, I chose, unwisely, uh, Christmas. No! Bloody Christmas. No uh, see, way. Wow. I was going to apologize for choosing this movie, but I guess I don't need to. Oh, I'm so sad. Christmas Bloody Christmas is brand new. It just came out. Yes. This it month. just came out. Which is why I thought it'd be a good idea. It might be fun to watch something new. It has a limited theatrical release and it is on the Shudder streaming service, which is a horror focused streaming service yeah i saw that there were some showings of it uh here in the city i was like oh my oh. gosh i wish i would have yeah. gone to theaters to see it <sighs> <laughs> really because i regret yes. watching this movie oh my gosh i cannot believe this i <sighs> i'm devastated i am devastated the thing is what okay when it's a a robot Santa Claus goes on a killing spree, which I thought sounded like some good cheesy fun. But I found the characters to be completely unlikable and the dialogue what? to be unlistenable. Oh my word. This is the kind of movie where now Honeybee and I have been known to drop an F-bomb on this show. But this movie has Jack Black levels of F-bombs. It's just con it's just what? constant. The fucking F bombs are fucking constant in this fucking fucking movie, fuck fuck. That's what it's like. The I I always wonder when I hear something like this, did the director slash screenwriter, because they're both the same clown, did he actually write oh. the dialogue this way, or did he just tell the actors feel free to sprinkle some fucks into your dialogue as you go. Wow. I did not feel that way at all. <laughs> to me, it's just lazy writing. You know, you say, save that. Save the Fs for some me to have some impact. And it just gets annoying when it's every other word. It gets it. To me, it's it's lazy, it's stupid, it's unpleasant, it's meaningless, and it's bad writing or bad directing or both. Because everything you put in a movie is there by choice. It's there for a reason. You, It's not by accident. So save those F-bombs to have some kind of an impact. And I found it so annoying. And just the crude dialogue in general, I just found unpleasant and off-putting. And I think it was attempting to make them all edgy and they just seemed like potty mouth teenagers who had nothing important to say about anything. But apparently my co-host Honeybee had a different view of the situation. So let us hear it. 
I did. I felt like it was so natural. Like I felt like this was just like me getting off work at the bar, like talking to an employee, like talking to a regular. It was just so normal. I was like, wow, this is so good. I was a little nervous going into it, like Christmas, bloody Christmas. Okay, what is this going to be? And then within like the first 15 minutes, because of the dialogue, I was hooked and I loved it because it felt so real, so realistic, so natural. It was literally just like like two employees two people who work together like in a in the service industry type vibe it was like a very like these are bar people and uh people that just hang out in bars so it, it just felt like very natural to me and normal to me and i fucking loved it it was part of the reason why i got hooked why i thought the movie was so good because i felt like the dialogue wasn't um so much written or scripted as much as it was just two employees like who are i mean if you've worked at a restaurant or if you've worked anywhere and you like go out back this this is like these are the conversations that are going on it felt like it just felt super natural and normal it, there were things I didn't like about this movie, but it was definitely not the dialogue and not the yeah. F-bombs. And I thought it was so good. It's one of the things that I really loved about the movie. It was just so nonstop that to me, it just made them sound stupid and made the writer seem stupid and the director seem stupid. That they couldn't, you know, I, I, I can curse, but it's not every... <laughs> Do you really know anybody that just every other word is fuck? Totally. It's it's totally it's like it's like like <laughs> how some people just say like honeybee constantly. Mm -hmm. These people I'm bad use about fuck. That too. Yeah. These I just hated them. I hated them. I mm. found them well, and I don't I mean I don't understand drinking, I don't understand hanging out at bars, I don't relate to it at all so i just found these people mm -hmm. thoroughly unpleasant and unlikable and unrelatable to me mm. personally and yeah i like some clever dialogue and none of it was clever it was all just filthy but to no end <laughs> not even in like a tarantino way it wasn't cleverly filthy it was just lazily mm -hmm. filthy and also i i don't ever need to see jonah ray's ass again that was uncalled for people what let's oh well let me let me mention the the cast and crew so we can discuss who the hell jonah ray is because he's somebody i am familiar with but perhaps you are not this was directed and written by joe bigos or bagos i'm not sure mm -hmm. how he pronounces it bagos? this is like his this is like his fourth movie it was released december 9th of 2022 i have no budget i have no box office I mean, we should still know what the budget is, but it's not up yet. They haven't really, I don't know. And of course, because it's streaming and just a limited release, who knows what the actual take is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It stars Riley Dandy as Tori Toombs, Sam Delich as Robbie Reynolds, Jonah fucking Ray as Jay. <laughs> Jonah Ray Rodriguez oh, okay. is his birth name. So I don't know why he doesn't go by his full name unless he's just ashamed of being Hispanic. Jonah Ray is the uh, third and one of the current hosts of Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's how I know who Jonah Ray uh, is. 
so it's in the first scene i'm like wait a minute is that jonah ray oh my gosh it is and then later we see his ass and i'm like oh no no do not want unsubscribe do not want uh, oh come on and yes in this filthy filthy movie the most so skin good. we see is jonah ray's ass Love. Dora Madison as Lana. Jeff Daniel Phillips as Sheriff Monroe. Honeybee, you will be familiar with at least one of his previous films. Uh... I did not. I am as well, but I did not recognize him, which I guess speaks to I... his talent? Question mark? I I didn't recognize him. You wouldn't. He was Herman Munster in the new the new uh Monsters movie. The recent oh. Monsters movie. So, huh. although we also disagreed about that movie. Yeah, we did. It does show that he has some talent because vastly different performances between mm-hmm. that movie and this movie. Totally. Though I did not care for the monsters, Jeff Daniel Phillips did understand the assignment. He did what he was <laughs> asked to do in the monsters. I saw a thing today in a local like newspaper that is like given around town that the monsters was the most underrated film of the year. <laughs> so I was not the only one who liked it. I think it, it was appropriately re- rated, exactly appropriately rated, but we're not <laughs> reviewing the monsters today. We'll get to bun- the monsters, uh, some other time. God help us. God Abraham help us. Ben Ruby was Santa who I did not recognize at all, but is someone that I'm actually a fan of. Of course, you wouldn't recognize him because he's, you know, he's playing mm-hmm, Robot mm-hmm. Santa. A lot of it is from his point of view, so we don't even see, you know, his face is totally covered with a, with a beard. We don't see his face that much because there's a lot of his point of view and a lot of close-ups on the axe and everything. But Abraham Ben-Ruby first became known playing Kubiak, on Parker Lewis Can't Lose. He was later a recurring character on ER and has been in a number of things, but every time I see him, I go, Kubiak! <laughs> so, on the one hand, I was like, oh, he was Santa. On, on the other hand, I was like, oh, he was Santa? <laughs> Kubiak was in this piece of shit? Damn oh, that's a shame. It. But he's a big guy. Aww. That's why he was cast, because he's a big guy. Jeremy Gardner is Officer Smith. Graham Skipper was Mike. And a woman named Kansas Bowling was Lydia. Oh. Kansas Bowling. Let's just sit with Two that things I hate. <laughs> I like bowling. <laughs> you do? <laughs> I don't do it often, but I have fun when I do. Nice. I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've gone bowling in my life, but I've always enjoyed it. Every time yeah, I go, I, I think, always... I should do this more often. And then <laughs> I don't. And then I don't. And I'm just like, why did I pay money to put someone's stinky ass, dirty ass shoes on <laughs> to roll a hey, weighted hey, ball across the floor? Hey, hey <laughs> there is Lysol at every bowling counter I have ever been to. <laughs> I don't They spray care. those shoes down. It is not enough for me. It's like, we're going to, we're going to, you're going to roll a ball across the floor, which is like the first thing you ever learn to do for fun. You're going to pay <laughs> us money for it. And then to make you feel like a grown up, 
we're going to put weight in the ball. Don't worry. In a few minutes, we're going to turn all the lights off. I'm just like, <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. I can't like, I, I could get drunk at a bowling alley. Like I could drink at a bowling alley and have a good time, not bowling, just drinking and watching my friends bowl. But I really just hate it. Uh, I like knocking the pins down. It's, it's a simple, it's a simple pleasure. Knock the pins down. And then but you don't have to set them back and the machine sets them back up for you. <sighs> Once yeah, again, true. trying to avoid talking about this piece of shit movie. <laughs> it was so good. How dare you? <laughs> this movie started life as a pitch for a remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Hmm. Which is a rather famous or infamous Christmas slasher film from uh, the 80s, I think. Maybe even the 70s. Oh, shit. Cool. There's been five of them plus a remake. So somebody, yeah, somebody was, and they all involve somebody dressing up like Santa Claus and killing a bunch of people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So apparently whoever he was pitching this to said, uh, robot Santa, that's too far away from the original premise. We're not interested in turning him into a robot Santa for Silent Night, Deadly Night. So he said, all right, I'll just go make it myself. Screw you guys. I'm out of here. Excuse me. And so then he went ahead and made it himself. Because as I was watching this, I was like, oh, this is a lot like Silent Night, Deadly Night, including the use of an axe prominently. 1984 is the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. It was quite controversial when it first came out. People were appalled that she would have a Santa Claus running around killing people. Now there's how could you do this many, to many Santa? movies? Yeah, there's so many movies now with killer Santas. Uh, all right. So we start off with uh, some channel changing. We get a bunch of sort of snippets of commercials and things, which all are on Channel 83. Channel 83 is the name of the production company. So we keep seeing Channel 83 on the TV, but it seems like even though they're flipping through channels, everything's on channel 83. That's funny. <laughs> and then we get a commercial that explains the premise of the movie. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Defense Department has spent over a trillion dollars on the most cutting-edge robot technology, deployed overseas for swift victory against America's deadliest enemies. And now, Sowell Robotic Products is here to make that technology fun for the entire family. Introducing RoboSanta Plus for the upcoming holiday season with a vocabulary of over 90,000 words, a full range of motion, and built with military-grade construction. RoboSanta Plus fully replaces your local degenerate mall Santa, keeping you and your children safe. Exclusively this weekend at Midland Mall and GW Bonkers. Where is there another Midland? Because this is not fucking Midland. Yeah, I did laugh when it said Midland Mall because uh, Honeybee and I live near the town of Midland. Well, she's not currently. We're both from Odessa, <laughs> which is right next door to Midland. They're almost mm-hmm. almost connected. Over time, they've gotten closer and closer together as they've grown, so that it's almost hard to see where the dividing line is anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that made me laugh. There might be several Midlands in the nation. I'm not sure. But it's a nice generic name. Yeah, when it was like Midland Mall, I was like, oh, cool. And then like in a few scenes, I saw trees and I was like, nope. 
<laughs> yeah, it does, it's not meant to be an argument. <laughs> Texas, I don't think. Anyway, that's that's the premise. So it appears that from what happens later that they didn't just use the technology the military developed to make robot Santas, but that they actually took military robots and repurposed them as Santas. <laughs> Fun for the whole family. <laughs> you sure this wasn't in Texas? <laughs> There's a glitch in the programming, apparently. A lot of this is not explicitly stated, but just sort of hinted at. There's a glitch in the programming, and it reverts back to its original settings, which is go kill shit indiscriminately, which is not really a good programming for a military robot either. It should have to be tar specifically targeted rather than just kill whatever you run into. Search and destroy doesn't mean search and destroy everything. <laughs> Search, search for a specific thing and destroy it. Uh, so, yeah, that's the premise, which I think could have been a good premise. I don't think it was well executed. Um, and I, I, there's some implication through some news reports that other Santas, other places might be malfunctioning, but then we don't follow up on it. So that could have been yeah, interesting. Yeah, I... I, I... I will agree with you where there was like very little information. You had to really be paying attention to get the information that was there. And then they do like throw in little things like, oh, the recall, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. There's one point where all the friends are sitting around talking and he's like, oh, yeah, they just recalled these or whatever. And so it like mentions it a few times. And so if you like blink or you're not paying attention, you could miss it. And I was like, but I felt like everything else was so badass and so cool that I gave, I did not give a shit. Like it didn't uh, matter that it was like didn't make okay. too much sense. I, I was just I just loved it. Uh, so uh, my next note is Jonah Ray exclamation point as <laughs> Jay. Couple of assholes, Tori and Robbie. Oh my gosh. Very crude so conversation, so edgy, I wrote. And Robbie is clearly jealous. So Tori owns a mm -hmm. record slash novelty store. At first, it mm -hmm. seems like a record store, but when we see it again later, it looks like there's a bunch of other shit in there, including VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. So I think it's sort of a general used entertainment store. Uh, so, honeybee, what are these? What are these people? Are they hipsters? Are they metalheads? Are they? I mean, I said they were assholes, but what? Where? Where would you categorize them? Um, I wouldn't say they're really either of those things. Maybe just like metalheads, like alternate. I don't know. I I really don't know, but. They weren't assholes to me. I loved them. Because they spent a I lot of time. I felt like they were time. my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. They spent a lot of time arguing about various bands and various movies and stuff and, and trying to show us how hip they were and how cool they were and how much they knew. But it's not, it's about... not like hip, cool stuff, though. Like, the stuff that they're, like, talking about, like, it's not, like... So I wouldn't say they're hipsters, because no, it no, isn't, but like, they were... cool-ass shit. Like... Not hip in the hipster, in the modern hipster sense of handlebar mustaches and suspenders, but... And pork pie hats. Just that, you know, oh, I know... You know, there's those kind of music assholes that just... That's what they are. They're music assholes. They just... They not only know a lot about music, which is a fine fine thing to know a lot about music, but to argue about it and look down on everybody that doesn't agree with 
whatever <laughs> album of Metallica's you think is best or yeah, the kind of people who can hang out in the record store just arguing about shit all day, but they don't but, actually But you have to you have to understand that the reason why those two are arguing has nothing to do with like how much they know or the music. It has everything to do with like they just want to fuck each other and like they work <sighs> together and I so understand. it's forbidden. I understand that. But okay. I also believe that they have these conversations with other people all the time. They're being argumentative because they're trying to sort of impress each other and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. either diffuse or increase the sexual tension <laughs> or, mm -hmm. or trying to do both things simultaneously. But from their opening conversation with, with uh, Jay, where he's, she helps him pick out the right record album, you know, it, mm -hmm. These are the kind of they're music nerds, I guess is the the word I'm looking for. Record nerds. These are the kind of assholes who are convinced vinyl's better than everything else, no matter how <laughs> scratchy it might. It is the scratch is part of it. No, the scratch the, sounds so good. The media where just playing the album itself damages the album is not a selling point for me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah they're they're those people i felt so part of my problem is like i was like there's no there's no save the cat moments in this script they're showing me these people who are aggressively unpleasant but they haven't given me anyway i guess you i guess it worked on you they haven't given me any reason to like this woman i just see her being kind of mean and condescending She's also apparently really cheap because, uh, what's his name? Robbie complains a lot about how little he gets paid. <laughs> Even though there is this sort of sexual attention, uh, she's also just mean to him constantly. And maybe he's just into that, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, also the whole, uh, the whole thing about, oh yeah, just the constant, ah, I hate Christmas. Christmas sucks. I hate it. I hate it. I'm just like, then why are you in this movie? Why do I, why do I care about you? I don't know. I think maybe if somebody really loved Christmas and then got chased around by a killer robot Santa, that might be more. This is just confirming her hatred for Christmas. It might have mm -hmm. been more traumatic for somebody who loved Christmas and then is betrayed by the robot Santa. I don't know. I just I found her thoroughly unlikable and they didn't show her doing anything to make me like her other unless helping Ray pick out the right uh, Jay. I mean, played by Jonah Ray helping him pick out the right Christmas present. Was that supposed to be the save the cat moment that makes me like her? I don't, I don't know. Hmm. I loved her. I instantly, like I connected with her character. I felt like she like kind of like has to play this badass um, so that you can just see how like, and hate Christmas and all of these things. So you can see how closed off she is and how it, and how, maybe whatever she's been through has made her a stronger person. Like she, she's a, a real person. I feel like that you, like, I really feel like I knew these two people. Um, like I know people in my everyday life that make me, that made me think of these two people. And 
I I really loved her. I loved how like just normal they were, and I felt like the movie there was so much like normal shit in the beginning of the movie that as it went further and further, the more crazy shit that happened, it just was more believable for me because of how much how normal the beginning of the movie was, uh-huh. like just how how regular everything seemed. Her in the sky. I'm telling you, like, if you ever work in, like, a service industry, like, food place or, like, a bar, this back and forth, this banter, this, like, her being, like, snippy and mean or quote unquote mean um, is all just it's really just like part of it. It's kind of like just part of the culture, I think. And I think if you aren't a part of that or you don't understand it, it could come across as like, oh, this is a really unlikable person. But I think that's part of like what makes her, you know, that like badass, I guess. Uh huh. Yeah. I just, I'm not saying they weren't like real people. They were like real assholes that I, people I don't <laughs> want to hang around with. And and I've worked with people like this who, people who I think in their mind, they're like, oh, I'm just busting your balls. I'm like, well, I don't need that. Life is hard enough without my coworkers busting my balls. (laughs) How about you just be supportive and nice for a change instead of constantly being a dick to me? Okay, but what if it was a girl who wanted to fuck you? Well, but she doesn't. And then it. I mean, eventually she does, but he has to talk her. I mean, ugh. So in the beginning no, of the movie, does. she from the beginning she knows, which she is knows, also inappropriate. She knows the thing. So she's she has a what is it a Tinder date that she's supposed to go on? Yeah, it's not Tinder, but it's like the equivalent in this. Yeah, world. they might have used a made up name, but it's some app, some mm-hmm. dude she met on an app that she just wants to bang because that's all she cares. She just has to get laid because it's Christmas, right? And she's <sighs> sad and alone. <sighs> Shout out to all the dudes I banged on Christmas. And there's certainly healthier ways to deal with that than just hooking up with some stranger online. And clearly Robbie is interested in her and so is trying to shoot down the guy that she who turns out is married, I think, or at least has multiple children with multiple. He knows who. Oh, what did they call him? They called that guy. something. Yeah, this this the singer guy. Um, oh like, yes, she found yes, her he, with his the song. Final, yeah, the final, the final nail in the coffin of talking her out of this guy is is playing his video of him singing, which was not good. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it! I've got it somewhere. I've wrote so many notes, and I don't know why I even bothered. But the guy had some nickname that everybody knew him by because everybody she just knew him from this app. But everybody's like, "Oh, that guy, he's terrible." Yeah, don't. Everybody goes. Everybody knows that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, another a note though I wrote by the way that I just jumped out at me. At one point, they're bad mouthing Bloomhouse movies, uh, which I thought was a mistake because Bloomhouse movies are better than this. <laughs> Don't bring up better movies in your shitty movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so. Funny. And then act like they're not good. <laughs> I also, also wrote down Chekhov's shitty car. So anyway, they're going to he talks her out of going out with this guy and then they're going to go meet up with Ray and Lana, who Lana works at the toy store or owns the toy store. It's a little mm-hmm. unclear. They're she, gonna, she works at the toy yeah, store. Ray, well, but she has the keys, so it's unclear if she just just works there well, or. She, she, 
I'm pretty sure she's just like a manager there because they say okay. something about her, uh, about them like spending the night. Or yeah, they're, they are going to apparently like, they have plans to fuck in the toy store. <laughs> yes. Rob, Robbie's like, what? Why? He's like, well, wouldn't you want to fuck in a toy store? I'm like, I, I don't. It's not, a... <laughs> it's not because it's a toy store. It's because his girlfriend is a manager and she has the keys. I'm, Robbie, I'm she concerned. made it sound like I, I she made like it sound like that was the appeal. Like, well, hasn't everybody always wanted to fuck in a toy store? Isn't that a fantasy we've all grown up having? Fucking in a toy store? I thought that's how she was presenting it. <laughs> Eyeliner Yikes. Emmett. The guy's na- nickname was Eyeliner Emmett. Oh. And then I wrote parentheses <laughs> Otter, close parentheses, because Emmett Otter is a is a Christmas uh, movie. Uh, anyway, what were you going to say? I have no idea. Something about whether or not I wanted to fuck in a toy store, I think. But <laughs> I do not know. I have no idea. That train has left the station. Bad Religion has a great Christmas album, according to these guys. I can't remember if I've heard it or not. And there are only two good Christmas songs. One of which is Buster Poindexter's version of Is That You, Santa Claus? I don't know if we ever heard what the number one good Christmas song is. Uh, oh, Merry Christmas by the Ramones was the number one. Oh, the Ramones. I think. Anyway, we get to the toy store and they're, uh, you know, exchanging gifts or whatever, which they've already drank part of Lana's gift. And. We see Lana doing a line of coke, so I'm like, all right, they're going to fuck in a toy store and she's doing drugs, so clearly they're dying first, which, of course, they do. Yeah, they sure do. Um, but that, you know, that used to be one of the, the cliches of uh, a horror film, a slasher film specifically, that if you either had sex or drank alcohol or did drugs or whatever, you were definitely going to get <laughs> killed because the universe is punishing you for your for your sins that that was that was sort of the subconscious the subtext of that idea in things like friday the 13th and things like that uh, mm. but everybody has sex and consumes drugs or alcohol or both and one of them survives <laughs> The Robo Santa speaks and they all talk about how creepy it is. And Jay, Jay mentions the recall and they're picking the thing up on Friday. Mm-hmm. And they turn on a snow machine that the store has. And then the, they leave them to uh, fuck in the toy store. And our two heroes, as it were, Tori and uh, Robbie, move on to a bar to do some more drinking. Yep. Which And it's Christmas Eve, right? Mm-hmm. So this poor bartender is open late on Christmas Eve and is trying to go home. Yeah, we all had to do it. I've yeah. like had to work on Christmas Day so many times yeah. in the bar because so many people just like don't have families. They don't have anywhere else to go. They're lonely and they're regulars. So they'll come to the bar and you can right. just spend Christmas together. Well, in this particular bar, it's just the two of them. Everybody else has gone home. It's the two of them. Uh, but then the sheriff walks in and acts weird and it's clear that they so weird so weird uh who seems like maybe he's on duty and shouldn't be drinking but uh he is on duty because we see him on duty later in the film so maybe he's just now heading to work and is having a drink that's not at all correct 
And so we cut back and forth between them doing their flirty, obnoxious music, arguing and drinking and at the bar. And as they get more drunk, the camera gets more drunk, I noticed. Very and cool. cutting back and forth between that and the other two at the toy store and the Santa waking up and going into killbot mode and getting an axe and showing a ass. you got to ass. see your full moon. <laughs> yeah. Full and, moon, baby. <laughs> and Sheriff complains about dog. I don't remember. No idea. What dog he was complaining about. And he leaves and then Tori, Robbie and Tori leave. And we get some coitus interruptus via axe. Wah, wah. Jonah's go, Jonah Ray's going at it and gets an axe right in the back. He got the axe. Santa chases uh, Lana as the other two walk home and they walk past the toy store again because <laughs> they're too drunk to part. drive. They're just walking. They're too drunk to drive. And smart. Oh, except they're not. They do. I mean, they are, but they do. Anyway, they hear her getting killed and mistake it for them enthusiastically doing what they said they were going to do. And so they just <laughs> keep on walking. As she's like, getting... they, they celebrate it first, though. They're like, yeah, get a bitch. Uh, oh, get and in the we, toy did store. Hear, we do. We did hear uh, before they got killed. Ray and Lana saying, oh, the two of them, they're definitely going to. They're gonna. They're gonna do it. They're not. Oh no, they're not. Oh yeah, they are. They're totally gonna fuck tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah. Yep. I mean, she is his boss, so it is a problem potentially. It, uh, yeah, but in the in in jobs like that, everybody's fucking everybody, and we all know it. <laughs> uh, and does it create a problem? I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe here and there. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't work in that industry anymore. But also, yeah. I, I don't. It. it even the problems that it created then, it wasn't problems for us, really. It was just like, <laughs> like I'm telling you, it's a whole lifestyle. It's a whole culture. It's hard to explain. But, I mean, you, I, I understand that you don't like it. I, you never, you didn't like it when I was in it either. Yeah, it's not, it's, I don't understand it at all. I don't get the appeal of drinking alcohol, especially to the point where you're no longer in control of your <laughs> body. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't understand when people say, I'm going to go out and get shit faced it's like not that you just started drinking and then accidentally had too much but that your goal was to have too much <laughs> don't get it don't get it at all yeah that's 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 the only way i can drink is if i'm gonna get sh- if if i'm like gonna have a drink and it's like I, like there is no other reason to have a drink in, than other to get shit faced yeah don't get it <laughs> don't get it Anyway, they uh, um, this is where they're bad-mouthing Blumhouse movies. Uh, they get to his... So they walk to his car because he thinks that he can drive, that she's too mm-hmm. drunk. To, he's sure that she's too drunk to drive, but he's not. I think he is, but it's a movie. So, yeah, totally. So they're not going to... Um, they're going to have other problems. <laughs> the car door won't open. And it's a shitty car. And I'm like, oh, it's Chekhov's shitty car. This is surely going to be important later that the passenger's door won't totally. open. Or that the car won't start right away. Yeah, yeah. Well, they never... In, in any scary movie, it won't start right away when you're trying to get away. But they set that up by having it have trouble starting right now. And Santa follows them. Why it follows them specifically is not clear. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Why it doesn't just start uh, yeah. going building to building. 
you know, it mm-hmm. should have gone to the bar next or whatever, but it follows them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they establish that the that her sister and brother-in-law are in town mm-hmm. for Christmas, I guess. It kind of made it sound like they don't normally all live in the same place, but they but they're here now. I'm not sure. Mm. <laughs> I also wrote down unsolved mystery soundtrack is something that she she likes to listen to the soundtrack of unsolved mysteries, the TV show. <laughs> I meant to look that up and see if that was actually something that's available. Lots of music talk. And they but they mention uh so yeah, they're not done drinking even though she's acting like she doesn't want to sleep with him. They agree that they're not done drinking, so come into my place and we'll drink some more. She says, Mm -hmm. but don't wake my sister. And then they proceed to argue loudly and play loud music for (laughs) what seems like hours. (laughs) And I'm like, how have they not woken up both the sister and the brother-in-law at this point? What is? And then I was confused. I think this was part of the poor quality of the movie. Santa starts killing the neighbors, but I thought Santa was killing the sister and the brother-in-law. Yeah, I did, I I don't think it's the poor quality. I think they meant to do that. Like they, they meant like to you think me? like, "Oh, yeah, because like you're supposed to think like, "Oh, Santa's in the house." Yeah. And you're like, "Oh shit, oh, he's getting closer, he's getting closer." But then it just turns out he's at the neighbors and you're like, "Oh, yeah. shit." And the this, way they edit it back and forth. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Cuz at this it. point we haven't actually seen the sister and the brother-in-law. So I thought that's who was getting killed. But then there's a child also. And does he kill the, does he kill the child? Yeah. yeah, he sure does. So at one point, the, the husband next door hears a noise and thinks that the kid has gotten up and is getting into the presence too early and is upset. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to go, wait, is there a kid? What's going on? And that's when I started to realize, oh, maybe it's not that house. <laughs> Yes. And, and we uh, get a really great scene of Robbie going down on his boss. Snaps, snaps for that. I found this scene very odd because I wrote that this sex scene is both graphic and tame at the same time. It was so good. It was it so was, good. Well, it was just, it was, it was very graphically clear what was happening. But at the same time, she kept her bra on through the entire exchange. And we didn't actually see and her it. panties and her panties. Yes. And, and so we don't actually, it's, it's, so this is what I mean by it's both graphic and tame at the same time. And that everything is covered up because probably because the actress had a no nudity clause and yet it's very clear what's happening. And I just thought that was an odd choice, especially because this movie's been I so, thought, so crude. It was so good. It was so well done. Okay. I just found it oddly done. And then the, the neighbor mom is killed in the bathroom and the kid wakes up and asks Santa, where's mommy? And then Tori gets dressed, fully dressed, because she's going to have to run through the streets and stuff in a little bit. But this seemed, <laughs> this seemed unrealistic to me. Both the sex scene and then this seem, just seemed unrealistic. Why wouldn't she just throw on a robe or something? Or, but no, she gets fully dressed, like puts her shoes. It's her house, but she puts her shoes and socks on and everything and starts drinking some more and burns a pizza. Nachos. It's nachos. Oh, is it? Okay. They actually put the nachos in before they start fucking around. And it was so funny because I watched this movie with Gus. And like they put the nachos in and then they like heavily start making out. And Gus goes, God damn it. 
gonna burn the nachos. <laughs> yeah, man. Just just take just take a two second break to turn the oven off. God damn it! <laughs> the kid asks Santa, "Why are you so bloody?" And then Tori, looking out the window, sees Santa kill the kid in the other house, uh, and starts freaking out, trying to call the cops, can't find the phone, <laughs> wakes up the sister and the husband. Santa somehow cuts the power. Mm-hmm. And here's we find out that Mike, the brother-in-law, is a complete and total fucking idiot. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie is just Santa trying to kill Tori and everyone who comes in her yeah. path yeah. and his path. And why? What? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure why specifically he like. Ch- I, I thought that to myself too. I'm like, I don't really understand why he's following her or chasing her. Or I mean, it is her. It is specifically yeah. her because she runs so many times yeah. and so many times. He's like, like catching up to her and shit. So I'm not sure why it was her specifically, but I it did not deter me. From- it's a it's a malfunctioning military robot. But there's nothing, mm-hmm. all it needed, you know, they could have done that thing where it shows the readout, you know, like in Terminator and many other things. It's where we see what the robot's programming is. And all we had to do was see some kind of target acquired, locking on target, something to indicate that the programming is messed up and for some reason it's decided that she's the target. But no, the, I, this just wasn't well enough thought out i thought that of why any of this shit is happening uh oh but mike is just a total because the the other three people understand oh no something bad is happening we need to be quiet and crouch down and not let the killer something <laughs> somebody's killed somebody we're trying to call the police and mike's just like what's going on everybody what like go get the car keys and he's like okay because i got the car keys and then like, get out shut up and he just I don't know if he's autistic or something and doesn't understand social cues or just a <laughs> I think I moron. think he just woke up. Yeah, I know, but everybody else the, did too. The two the the two assholes are drunk. The sister's also just woken up, but they all understand uh oh danger. And Mike just Why are you yelling at me? I got the keys, I got the <laughs> so well, some people perfectly, are like yeah. like that, where they can just wake up and be okay. Mike yeah. was not. Yeah. <laughs> Mike needed a cup of coffee. I had no... Uh, I mean, I wasn't really sad when any of these dum-dums died, but particularly Mike, I'm like, well, that's what you get. You dumbass. <laughs> Shut the hell up, Mike. Yeah, Santa uh, <laughs> stomps around for a while outside while they're trying to be quiet, and then he just crashes through the window. He throws the neighbor's body... I also like... Yeah, he throws the body through the window. I like the sound that he makes when he's walking, like the like the robot like noise that it makes when he's walking. I really like that. It was funny. Uh, Robbie is actually saved by the body landing on top of him because Santa tries to axe him, but the body is in between them. Sister gets killed. Brother-in-law. Oh, I wrote brother-in-law killed question mark because he kind of gets killed off camera. The breaking of the neck of the sister, that death was like, yo, it was crazy. <laughs> oh, because they like show the bone like sticking out like, oh, yeah, all of the like weird smushy <laughs> face blood spewing deaths were really cool. Uh, 
Robbie and Tori flee and get in the shit car and pretty much immediately crash it. <laughs> and then the neighbor comes along and he's pissed off. They said something earlier about the neighbor's car being parked in a weird place or something. He comes along and is all mad and they're like, oh, wait behind you and look at, you know, they're trying to warn him, but he doesn't understand. And they can't get out that door. And then <laughs> the, that, so this, uh, he's another, a different neighbor because the one neighbor's already dead. And then that guy's body gets thrown through the window and the car crashes again. And Robbie gets pulled out by Santa and killed. And what did I, I wrote? Wah, wah. Thanks so, for the cunning, cunnilingus, Yeah, he Robbie. did not, he did not even, uh, He was just there for the pussy. Yeah, he, she got hers, but he did not get his and he died before. Good. What do you mean good? <laughs> I just mean, I just mean it's just restoring a little bit of balance to the world. That's all. <laughs> <sighs> stay away from that girl Robbie she's trouble she's gonna get you killed <laughs> then uh, sheriff's department I wrote sheriff's department I guess at some point they got a hold of the police they show up yeah the sheriff's department shows up and he had the sheriff has a gun uh, deputy deputy yeah, the sheriff's deputies show up and they don't really understand what's going on and are trying to arrest Tori and put her in the sheriff's Well, car. before before that though, before that though, it's because that the, there's another guy who shows up and he has a gun and he thinks the Santa is a real life dude and so he shoots him a few times. He's like, "Yeah, he's dead." And then Tori, he puts Tori in the front seat of the cop car. Thank God it's the front seat. I was like, "Oh no, he's going to put her in the back seat." But he puts her in the front seat. And they have this whole, like, she's trying to tell him, like, ah, you got to go check on my friends. They're dead. La, la, la. Yeah. And then the Santa, Santa kills that guy. And then, which that death is really fucking crazy, too. Like, the blood spray on that one is like, woo-wee. But then the, then the cops, when they get there the second time, they arrest Tori because that she shows up in a cop car that is they say that it's missing but i'm like it couldn't possibly be missing in that short amount of time like and he was communicating with the person on the but i don't know so they arrest her because she shows up in the cop car yeah santa kills the first deputy she gets in the in the car and drives away sees the other cars coming so stops and flags them down and they just like why is why is this civilian covered in blood and driving in a police car so let's arrest her which is kind of understandable but then they just won't listen at all it's like the creepy sheriff and his creepy sheriff twin yeah um not she she does not realize for the longest time that it's a robot santa because why would you but she thinks mm -hmm. somebody she does recognize the costume she thinks some maniac broke into the toy store, may have hurt her friends, and took the costume off of the robot and is going around killing right. people. It has not occurred to her that the robot is the one actually doing it. Though the first time it gets shot and killed and then gets back up again should have been some kind of a clue. So she ends up back at the sheriff's office where she tries to explain everything going on, but the one deputy is just so upset that his co-worker has been killed that he just isn't listening to anything. She runs over Santa at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I think when she first gets in the cop car, she runs over Santa. 
Yeah, your friend she first gets in the cop car. Uh, the sheriff, I wrote the, at the station, sheriff questioning deputy very unprofessional. And she goes to clean herself up and then sees for the first time that she's covered in blood. Oh. Uh, the sheriff and the deputy are getting ready to go out. When she comes back out, they nobody's answering their calls because the robots killed them all already. And then we see an ambulance driving up very quickly. <laughs> and Tori realizes first what's happening. Santa's in the ambulance. The other two guys figured out at just the last moment that that ambulance is not going to stop. Crashes right into a car in front of the station that immediately explodes. Big, nice boom. Tori gets them to give her a gun. And there is some... So this whole thing is very Terminator-like. And then we even get a little bit of almost exactly but not quite Terminator music at this point. We get a little bit of... But not quite exactly that. But I made a note of it. Nice. The sheriff goes out to try and, you know, deal with whatever it is. And then his body gets thrown up and over the ambulance. Santa kills the deputy. That part I did think was pretty cool. There was some cool, nice, you know, moments. It's just that I hated all of mm-hmm. the victims so fucking much that I didn't care for the most part. Boo. Tori has a shotgun. Santa enters the station. Santa finds Tori and she tases him. Yeah, and his face is a little bit torn off by this point, so you yeah. can like really see his like robot underneathness. Yes. Uh, so I thought that, oh, she's tasing him. That's going to short him out. Good, but not good. Enough. I mean, it is a military grade robot, so I guess it's a little bit <laughs> insulated against that kind of stuff for, to a degree. But he, re- yeah, at, he reboots. at this point, I, lo- I looked at Gus and I said, in my line of work, this is what we call power lines. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny uh, little power line yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. Just has no effect. Tori gets in the ambulance mm-hmm. and drives off with Santa in hanging off the back of the ambulance. Uh, <laughs> to, I, I kind of like this moment. Tori belts up and then crashes on purpose. I, so I thought that was good. Actually showing her put on the seatbelt before she crashes the car on purpose. And Santa goes through the window. Oh my gosh. You are something else. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Like, if I'm she glad had just that she put on a seatbelt. Finally, she did something that I liked. She, no, finally, I mean, she's a likable person. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It was just if she had crashed it without us showing her putting it on, then we'd be like, why did she go flying through the window? You know, it was. It was an attention. <laughs> Not that like, oh, she's responsible. She's buckling up. Just that it was a good attention to detail <laughs> to show that, okay. okay, she's not a total dummy. She knows that if she crashes this on purpose, she better buckle up first or she'll buckle go flying. Up. It's not going to work out well for her if she doesn't do that first. I just thought it was a good detail. Um, nice. She gets out, gets back in, <laughs> and pins Santa <laughs> with the ambulance between and something gets back out and sets a fire to blow him up. Here I wrote she should have just poured water on him because you know, he's an electronic device. He'll just he'll just short out immediately. Good thinking. But that does come up in a little bit. She, she, yeah, she doesn't have that idea yet. Tori breaks into her own store because <laughs> I guess she doesn't have the keys on her. She probably left him at home. I don't know. And then Santa activates his laser eyes that we haven't seen up until this moment. <laughs> Go, go, Gadget. Laser eyes. Are they actually, like, 
weapon lasers or are they just pointing at things lasers? No, not I, I thought anything, right? I thought so too. Yeah, I thought they were at first I thought they were weapon lasers, but then I think as it like goes on they're at, just targeting. like and you see them, they're just pointy. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're just, just pointing lasers. <laughs> targeting lasers. <laughs> pointing lasers. <laughs> she it fr- oh he's so he's his arm is kind of pinned underneath the ambulance and he frees it. Does he just tear it off? And he gets yeah, just, gets up. Tori smokes. <laughs> I think she thinks she's Yeah. I think she thinks, she thinks she's, she's beat, safe at yeah, this she point. She thought she beat him at this point and stops for a smoke. And then I wrote Terminator, because at like this point he does very much look like the Terminator because part of part for the sure. covering the covering is coming off and we're seeing that the uh endoskeleton. Mm-hmm. Tori finally realizes it's a robot. <laughs> I also wrote down VHS tapes. She grabs a sword. <laughs> Because apparently that's the kind of thing she sells at the shop as well. And and stabs it into him. And I wrote, seems like she should have gotten shocked. Because she puts a big old metal sword that appears to have a metal <laughs> handle right through him. And there's a lot of sparks. And I'm like, why isn't she getting electrocuted? Phone. I wrote phone. Why did I write phone? Mm, I don't know. Does she try to call for help? Does she hit him with the phone? I don't know. And then I wrote, God damn it, still not dead. <laughs> Because this yeah, last scene just it's, goes it's on lot. forever. She just, mm-hmm. so many things that it seemed like, oh, this is okay. She's figured it out. I put this big piece of metal right through this electronic thing. That ought to kill it. Nope, not dead. Sprinklers? She sets the a, shuts the trash on fire to set off the sprinklers. Breaks her ankle. Mm, yeah. Oh. Santa shorts out. Still not quite dead and chops Tori's fingers off, and I remember I thought that he should have done this much earlier in the film. That it would have been a real, um, just that it would have it would have been a, a you know a, a very big obstacle for her to have to deal with earlier in the if she'd gotten her yeah. fingers cut off earlier. To just do it at the last minute like this just seemed wasted. If she'd had to go through the last third of the movie if she got him cut off when he first came in the house and was killing everything then that would have been a handicap for her to deal with through the rest of the movie that might have been interesting but no just when she's almost beaten him she gets her fingers cut off Santa's down again still not out I get knocked down but I get up again because you're <laughs> never going to keep Santa down she drops a shelf on him Santa's still coming and she pulls some wires off of the wall. The, the shop, because, it, you know, there's a lot of neon signs and things in the shop and, and displays and things. So there's one of those metal pipes that has wires running through it along the wall. that goes to various outlets and things. So she pulls yeah. that off the wall and electrocutes Santa. And then there's an explosion. Tori crawls <laughs> into the street and we end with a freeze frame on her screaming face. Was she screaming? I felt like she was laughing. It looked like a it looked like a scream to me, but oh, I thought she, she could have been laughing like, and relieved. She, yeah, she like it shows like a moment of her like like a three second clip before it freezes, and it's like she's like laughing. I mean, it's probably a little bit of both. <laughs> I think she just finally like cracked. Yes, like, yes, just broke. She whether she's doing it by screaming or laughing, she's she's yes cracking at this moment. And it just freeze frames on that, which I thought oh, was yes. a terrible ending, but I guess you liked it. I loved it. <sighs> loved it. 
thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was great, like, because, like, the end of how it, like, you think it's over, it's not, you think it's over, it's not. It's, like, the reason why I think that they did, like, the fingers at the end and her breaking her ankle is because if they didn't add those things, then, like, him coming back uh, would start, it would you wouldn't like stay in it. You wouldn't stay focused because it's happening so many times. So each time that he like comes back, there's another element that they add to keep you like, Oh shit. And so like her breaking her ankle and then getting her fingers chopped. I love that they did that at the end, like just to keep you in it like that. And then her like actually like going through all that shit in her own shop, thinking she's safe, then not being safe, then like having more the the more fights and everything. And then her ending by her crawling in the street and just like laughing. I just felt like, man, it was so good. I just loved it. I was like, yes. I was so happy that you picked this movie. I was like, oh, I loved it. I'm so glad. I was so skeptical. I I felt bad for having to make you watch this movie. I thought it was terrible, but (laughs) I I almost canceled it. I almost said, wait, let's go watch uh, Christmas Horror Stories or something instead. Violent Night. Violent, Violent Night. Night looks really good. It does, and it's got that guy in it that we all like from Stranger Who? Things. He's on Stranger Things, and oh, he was the I've most recent. He was the most recent Hellboy, not the original Hellboy, but the most mm. recent. David right. Harbin, I think, is his name. I can't be bothered to look it up right now. Well, maybe we'll no do worries. that one next year, but I just didn't want to pay money to go to a theater to to see it. Well, Honeybee, this movie has a uh, (laughs) 71% critics rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a nothing audience score. Like not a 0%, just a Mm. sort of not... No one's done it yet. Well, there are some. Yeah, it says 15 reviews, but apparently they haven't... uh, Maybe that's not enough reviews for them to give it a proper score. Because it doesn't say 0%, Mm. it just says blank dash dash next, you know. It's just blank next to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess most of these critics, uh, 71% out of 38 reviews, uh, I guess most of them agreed with you, but I just I did not <laughs> did not care for it. Yeah, These audience scores are swinging wildly, though, between one and five, two and four. Mm. There is quite a lot of, yeah. One of them claims... Worst movie I think I've ever watched in my life. Eh, you've not seen enough movies. Hmm. If, if this is the, because I didn't like it, but it's definitely not the worst I've ever seen. Uh, they had the same. I loved it. They had the same complaint I did. Listening to the unrealistic dialogue between the characters was way too frustrating. Nobody has that dirty of a mouth. Not true. It these, was. It the, was too. Much. These people are vanilla squares. <laughs> vanilla squares. <laughs> Vanilla square wafers. Okay. Uh, Judas Priest. Honeybee, what do you rate Christmas? <laughs> bloody Christmas. Five stars. I give hands it one. Down. I give it no one. Contest. Fuck this movie. Fuck these people. Five. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Okay. This is probably the biggest disagreement we've had on the show so far. Yeah, probably so. But I do. I am glad. I, in a way, though, I'm glad you enjoyed it because I felt bad. So now I don't feel bad. <laughs> no, I loved it. I loved it so much when I was looking in that newspaper that I was talking about today and I saw that it was in theaters. I thought about going to see oh it again in theaters. Oh, my God. I do feel like it could have been much better. I would like to have seen more about the robot Santas. I would like to have seen, you know, somebody getting in trouble 
What do you mean you just repurposed the the ro military robots? You were supposed to build new ones. Well, I thought it'd be more cost efficient like you fucking idiot. They're, they're going on a rampage across the... We've got like 50 reports around the country. You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I would like to see more detail on what how this came about and why and who was going to get in trouble for it because somebody's going to get in trouble for it. That's just all going to happen. Yeah, totally. Definitely. But I that loved that there was cost none a of lot that. more money. I felt like it. <laughs> this movie had <laughs> limited locations and limited cast. So that would cost a lot more money to add all that stuff. Oh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it says the box office gross is a hundred thirty nine point nine thousand hmm. which is not a lot but it is mostly a streaming thing and it's probably not in that many theaters so i'm not gonna say that it definitely lost money because i don't know i don't know how you gauge when something's made for streaming or mostly made for streaming i don't know how you gauge how much money it made I have no idea, yeah. I mean, you obviously have some kind no of, well, how many, clue. they have some way of measuring how many people watched it, and then from that, judging whether it was worth their money or not to them. Uh, so there you go, folks. Hmm. Christmas, bloody Christmas. Merry fucking yes. Christmas, everybody. Merry fucking Christmas. In theaters and on Shudder. Next week's movie is Godzilla vs. Gigan which is available on HBO Max and possibly a couple other places. So that will be New Year's Eve when that episode comes out. We're not having a New Year's nice. Eve special, just a Godzilla vs. Gigan episode. So Merry Christmas. You guys are our New Year's Eve specials. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas from me, Precious D. Merry Christmas from me, Honey Bee. Remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. And please, don't misuse science. Like these assholes. And leave your cookies out for Santa. <laughs> these assholes clearly misused science when they repurposed military yeah. robots as Santas. Definitely. That is a misuse of science. Although Santa is always watching you, we will not see you. But you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.